ELC Radio. Hey girls, Chris Kane here. I am so excited. Propel Activate is coming to a city near you this fall. I know that this is going to be a unique year. God is doing a new thing. God is doing a fresh thing. And I believe you are going to encounter Him in a fresh way. Don't miss out. Be in the room. Encounter the presence of God and change your world. For more info and details, visit the Elevate Life Church Sacramento app. Love God. Lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another Elevated message. Here's our very special guest, founder of Church Unstoppable in Santa Rosa, California, Pastor Andrev Baltazar. excited because you know pastor Sergio pastor Tina I feel like I've been with them my wife and I have been with them for like a lot of times this year you know like in the Philippines we we were there for almost a month with them man I got to know them real well <laughs> now uh, actually I have a picture and pastor Sergio just uh, went to our church to do our team night so actually we have a picture that's them that's us the notorious we call ourselves the notorious because <laughs> everywhere we go we make a mess amen but yeah it, this, was ha- this happened in Santa Rosa, so clearly I'm the more good-looking person there because it's in Santa Rosa. But here in Sacramento, I'll be respectful. Honor. You said honor, right? So Pastor Sergio is the most handsome person here. Amen. But you guys, you guys are laughing. I'm not even trying to be funny. But, uh, but here's the thing. I have a really uh, exciting word for you that I know that will speak to your heart today. You know, when Pastor Sergio said, you know, come over and you're, you're going to speak to our church, I... I was excited and I was nervous a little bit because like I, when you speak in front of people, it's like you better hit the right note. You get what I'm saying? You better make it count, right? So, and with everything that has been happening, I was just really excited because with the transitions, I, the Lord just really impressed in my heart that for this season, it's a season of transition, right? That this season, it will require a double portion. Amen. Pastor Sergio opened up with saying like, how many of you here today who has had a bad week. And a lot of times, you know, it's mostly all of us, right? It's like sometimes they're just shy, you know, but pretty much all of us would have to raise that hand. And I realized, you know, um, in our lives, like we try to push through with with our own strength without really relying on the anointing. And anointing could be an obsolete word now in some churches, but let me tell you this, no matter how old school it is, it's still foundational, because what breaks the yoke is anointing. Not your skills, not your gifts, not, not because you're cute. No matter how cute you are, no matter how much money you have in your pockets, right? It, anointing is still the one that breaks the yoke. So with this season of transition, it will require a double portion. That is my word for you guys today. It's important that you receive and actually ask God, I want the double portion because what I've had today... And what I've had yesterday ain't going to be enough. 
If you want to change the world, you need to seek the double portion. I grew up with a really good pastor. And we followed him wherever we went, wherever he went. We learned his ways. So, and that's kind of like what I'm going to be speaking today. How many of you know Elijah and Elisha? Elijah was the main prophet and Elisha was the upcoming one. And Elisha knew that Elijah was going to be raptured. Guys, he didn't die. He got caught up. And Elijah knew that, that the anointing was with Elijah. And he knew that he had a short time with him. And he followed him wherever he went. And he said, I want the double portion of what you have. You know what I love about Pastor Sergio and Pastor Atina? They're not hoarders. They're not hoarders. They knew they're anointed. They knew they're called to do something. But they're not like, I'm hoarding it because, you know, I don't want anyone to be better than me. We want actually everyone in ELC to be better than us. Amen. So, man, you got an amazing pastor. You got amazing pastors. You got to ask for the double portion. Even in your personal life, you need that. So, you're probably, it's your first time here at church. You're probably wondering, what's an anointing? You know, some people have tried to dilute it with some cool words. But anointing is pretty simple. It's when God, you know, you know, you know gives, gives you a, a push and, and like a special gifting or a special power to do something that He wants you to do. Right? So Pastor Sergio, I mean, how many of you know to be a pastor, you need to be a little bit crazy? Coming from Florida, beach that you can actually swim in, swim at, to move here in California where it's all fake waters, right? It's just cold. And to plant a church, how many of you know it's crazy? You got to start saying, Pastor, I want to see what you do. I want to get your double portion. Amen. There are some people in this world that when you look at them, you know they were called to do something. Especially when they're doing that thing. You know, I got some pictures here. You know, anointing is charisma. You know, it's the charisma. Right? Charisma or the anointing. Creo, the Greek word, which means to rub or smear with oil. That's kind of like the religious, you know, ordination before. The rite that they do. When you're about to do, to do something, they send you. By putting an oil and saying, yes, I have anointed this person. They anoint priest, king, you know, in the Old Testament, right? So to consecrate for office or religious functions. And now the modern, modern connotation is like the chosen ones. Like I have a picture. You guys know this guy, right? Can you please put that picture? I know I'm in Sacramento. <laughs> but how many of you know, it's like when you see Steph Curry shoot the tree, you know he was called to do that thing. Like nobody has ever done... What he's done in the league. I know you got Harrison Barnes. It's okay. Right? But Steph Curry, when he shoots the three, you know he was called to do that. I mean, I, I still feel the same way for Michael Jordan. I think he is the best basketball player that ever lived. Not LeBron James. That is a fact. I don't care. Yes. I have the mic. You don't have the mic, guys. <laughs> Once you have the mic, you can, you can say whatever you think, you know. But Steph Curry, when he shoots the three, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, the things that he does, nobody, nobody does that. And you just know, like, my golly, like, he is anointed. He's the chosen one for three-pointers, right? Of course, we have this, too. Can you show the other pictures? There you go. The anointed ones at ELC in Sacramento who's going to put a dent against the kingdom of darkness. Seriously, like 
this when, when I see Pastor Sergio and Pastor Pastor Tina minister, it's like these guys are anointed. That's why I hang out with them. Because we're the notorious. We want to scare the devil. Because he's been scaring people around. And it's like enough is enough. And I'm not gonna use my own strength. I'm gonna ask for the double portion of the anointing because anointing breaks the yoke. It doesn't matter if Pastor Serge is good looking, I'm good looking. It's what it's the anointing that scares the devil. Because when you're anointed, the devil knows God has sent you. You did not go just on your own. A lot of people, they come to us, Pastor, I believe this is what the Lord is telling us. Right? It's so hard to talk to them because the, the Lord already spoke to them. There's no way we can, you know, like, oh, okay, the Lord spoke to you. Why are you coming to me then? And then after a month, after some hardships and struggles, they come back. Pastor, I feel the change. There's a wind coming. You know why? Maybe because in the first place, you weren't anointed to do the very thing that you proposed to us. It was your emotion. Because if you were anointed, God will finish what he started. Can you say amen? So it's important in the season of transition for ELC, you got to ask not that anointing that you've had in the past. You got to ask for the double portion of what you have in the past. Ain't going to be enough. You got to ask for that. You want to get a building that's really nice that people can come in and feel and encounter the presence of God? Rotter Middle School is, is cool. It's great. But where God is taking you, where God is taking you, here's what I believe. In seasons where God is taking you, there are times where you can't bring stuff with you. Abraham, when he was about to offer his son, God says, you, you too. That's why even if he brought the slaves, he said, you guys stay here. Me and my son will go up there and then we will come back. Where God is asking you to go, there are stuff that you can't bring. As much as good as this place is, and this is, this is like your comfort, your family, your, your house, your home. But let me tell you what God is about to do in that next space, in that next building, it will require a double portion. Can you say amen? Let me read a verse to you guys. My message for today, the title is hard to get. Because anointing is not easy. It's hard to get. I was just looking at uh, Ed, Edward, you know, I, Edward, right? And he just married to Chona, right? Ah, no, Filipina. Good, good choice. You, you can never go wrong with that. Um, he got married and I was thinking like, you know, just the culture of Filipinos. When you are about to pursue somebody like a, a girl in the Philippines, you know, it's not like now that you just message, direct message them on the Facebook or Instagram. Hey, I like you. You like me. Let's go. It's not like that. In the Philippines, especially back in the days, you have to go through a lot of stuff. You know, and the girls, even they, if they like you, they play hard to get. Because they know you got to prove something. And the parents, they need to see something from you. You have to go to places. You have to do things so that you can show that you're worthy of this price. Back in the days, right? It's, it's, I still think there's value to that, Right? So anointing is not easy. It's, it's, it's really hard. It's hard to get. 
That's what anointing is. You know, and my, my father-in-law taught me this. Anointing is not taught. It's caught. No matter how much you attend Bible college, you go to wherever you want to go to learn about anointing. Anointing is not easily learned from knowledge. It's really real life experiences and sacrifices, life and death. That's where anointing is caught. You find a person that has anointing, you say, I want to go with you. I want to go with you. And then you say, I want the double portion of you. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, open up your Bibles in 2 Kings 2, verses 1 to 7. This is about the story of Elijah and Elisha. So again, the story is he's about to be taken up to the heavens. It starts here in verse 1. It says, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to the heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elisha, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. For the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked them, Did you know what the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? And Elisha says, Of course I know. But be quiet about it. Yeah, I know. Be quiet, right? That's what he said. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. For the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered. But be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. For the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. You got the story? Elijah was about to be taken up to the heavens. And Elisha knew that. And then these prophets, you know, and, and Elijah said first, hey, stay here because I'm going to go to Bethel. And Elijah said, no, it ain't going to happen. Wherever you go, I will go. And then again, it happened again. He says, I'm going to do Jericho. And Elijah said, no, I am going with you. And he said, the last time he said, I'm going to go to the, the Jordan River. And Elijah said, I am going with you. There are three places that Elijah and Elisha went that I believe to get the double portion of anointing in this modern times of church Christianity. We need to go to three places. Three places where they went. Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. And I want to discuss it with you guys. Are you guys ready? Number one is Bethel. How many of you know that we need to put value back to the house of God? Elijah said, no, I'm going to Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. How many of you believe that it's important to get that anointing, that double portion? We need to put value in church again. The church is not an option for you, but it's your oxygen. And I'm not talking about just the middle school here, this building here. I'm talking about church, the gathering of the called out ones. The assembly of people from darkness to a marvelous light. Marvelous light. Can you say amen? amen. It's important that we put importance to church. Like you should be excited Saturday night. 
You know, back in the days, I remember this, my wife, you know, she was telling me, they were raised up ironing their cash. So for the tithes and offering, it's honorable. It's not wrinkled. They're excited to go to church. And this is true to life. My wife tells me that, oh, girl, you guys. No matter how old school you think that is, but there's, there's, there's honor to that. It doesn't speak about, you know, the, the coolness or anything, the, any factor that you're looking for, but it shows the heart. They're coming to church on Sunday. I'm ready. I don't care no matter what you've been through the past week. When you park right outside, you got to be excited to go to church. Don't wait for the greeters to smile at you. You smile at the greeters. You influence them with your excitement. And you say, hey, why are you not dancing yet? Don't you know it's two minutes before call time and you're not dancing yet? Sometimes the worship leader has varicose veins on their neck. And you ain't moving a finger. The gathering, the worshiping together of the saints. Hello. Oh, pastor, you don't know me. I'm introverted. Liar. Here's the truth. I see you guys. No, not you guys. My church. I see people scream and yell as loud as they can and jump when, they're when their team is winning. And you can't do that for God. Right? Ooh, yes. The notorious. <laughs> this is your fault, Pastor Sergio. We need to start valuing the church. Psalm 84.10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I love this. He says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Wow. In the, rather than in the house of my God. You know, in, dwell in the tents of the wicked. This is humility. He knows his place. It's like, I, I, I just, I just want to be there, whatever, whatever position. Doorkeeper in the house of God. But some people, you're there in the casino, ka-ching, ka-ching. Right? You're being the doorkeeper in the casino, hoping that you will win the millions. Listen. You could win all those money, but God's provision will beat all of those. When God's money is for you, you can use it. But when you try to get it from your own strength, you will lose it. Oh, you're going to get sick. You're going to pay it to, the, to Kaiser. That's what's going to happen. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. The humility in that says like, you know, I just want to be in there because I know who I am. Amen. Can you say amen? Are you still happy? I'm just passionate. I love you guys. You know, a Pew, you know, from uh, Pew Research Center, I research about this. It says that on religion and well-being, they found that religious attendance rather than religious affiliation was consistently linked to higher level of happiness. So, it's not just affiliated with a church. It doesn't count, okay? When you say, oh, I know Pastor Sergio, that doesn't count. What counts is that when you actually attend the gatherings... Not the building, not just the Sunday, the Wednesday prior, the, the prayer night, the, the, the potluck, the team night, the gathering of the church, right? It says that they are linked to, you know, high, higher rates of happy. You're happier. And you know what I, re what I read too is that 
people that are happier, people that are attending church regularly, actually volunteer more. You make yourself happy and you change the world. How about that? Number one, if you want to get the double portion of the anointing that God is about to unleash in this time, you need to start valuing the house of God again. You need to come back to church with all your heart. Can you say amen? I was just wondering, like, you know, Sunday mornings, like, you should be excited for church. I'm excited. Not just because I'm a pastor. You know, sometimes it's easier for us to be more excited for a Sunday service because we're pastors. And you would say, Pastor, because, you know, that's your gig. That's, that's what you do for life. No, that's who I am. It's time to change our mindset from thinking of going to church to being the church. That's, that's who I am. That's who I am. That's why I love going to Sunday services. You, you ever imagine why on Sunday mornings couples fight? Ten minutes on their way to church, they fight. And then the, the husband would say, I will not go to church today. You go. I will drop you off. I'll wait. God bless you. You ever wonder why they fight on Sunday mornings? Why not Monday? Why not Tuesday, guys? Uh, here's, the thinking. here's the thing too. I've noticed a lot of this. A lot of people get sick Saturday nights. And they, they post it on Facebook so everyone knows. Oh, I'm getting the chills again. Fever, like the emoji with the fever. Every Saturday night? Hello, every Saturday. Really? Every Saturday? I, I know somebody like that. And I keep telling her, like, oh, come on. <laughs> What's your insurance? <laughs> Don't get sick on Saturday night. If you're sick Saturday night, go to church Sunday morning. You will get healed. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. It's time to put value to the house of God again. Can you say amen? amen. Tell your neighbor, be the, church. be the church. Don't be sick on Saturday night. Don't fight with your family on Sunday mornings. Amen. And even if you do, get your behind to church. What are you going to do? Soak with your emotions? Hello? That's not going to help you. Tell your neighbor, be, be the church. Number one, if you want to get the double portion that God is about to unleash, you need to put value to being the house of God again. Amen? Isn't that true? Number two, I'm almost done. Halfway there. You know when pastors say, I'm almost done. It's like halfway there. Amen. <laughs> we need to put value with the house of God. Can you say amen? amen. See, it's, it's not because it's tradition. It's because it's your life. Hello. You attend church not because you are required to, but because it's who you are. Who you are excites you. Who you are gives you life. Amen? And the reality is if you sit down enough and just really, you know, embrace the moment and you know that when you go to church, those are the happiest times. Those are the times when you get vision. Those are the times when you get healed. Those are the times when you hear purpose in your life. So get yourself to church on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday night. Go to team night. Come on. In and out and God, boom, game over. Tell your neighbor, go to Bethel. Elijah went to Bethel and Elijah said, I'm going there. Then after that, he said, I'm going to Jericho. 
Number two is that we need to go to Jericho. What does Jericho mean? If you remember in, in Joshua 6, in, in, the, in the book of Joshua, Joshua was without Moses now and he's leading the Israelites. And then they had to go around the walls of Jericho. Imagine this. I want you to imagine this. When they went around for six days without saying a word. Imagine how much trust and faith they have with God. Because when you're about to go to a battle, you're not quiet. That's not a good move. But you have to go around the walls and the walls have people on top of it that can shoot arrows at you. But God says you got to walk around. Don't, tell, don't, don't say a word. And then on the seventh day, that's when you praise my name. That's when you blow the trumpets and praise my name. Imagine Jericho here represents a life of faith. Where you say yes to God and you're not scared. I believe that in this season, we need to live a life of faith. When we say one big yes to God and we're not so scared with the other things. Pastor Sergio said about that, you know, if you just do the love God with all your heart, with everything that you have, you pretty much covered everything. A lot of times, a lot of people don't want to join our faith or be a part of a Christian church or be with Christ. It's because, oh, if I say, you know, if I go to church, I have to say no to a lot of things. That's our perspective sometimes because they're about the laws and the things. It's like, no, Christianity is not a bunch of no's. It's not a list of no, no, no. It's one big yes. It's one big yes. If you do that one big yes, you will live a life, a series of small yeses. You say one big yes to Jesus, and then your life will be full of one small yeses that leads you to your calling, that leads you to your destiny. Can you say amen? amen. Jericho, life of faith. Because I realize a lot of people are scared. Did you notice that? There's so much fear going on. If you go to social media, you get scared. Right? With everything that's happening on uh, in, in, in America, there's, it's just, there's enough reasons for us to get scared. I remember in the Philippines when I grew up, when, where I grew up, you better know where you're at. You better watch where you're going. Because, you know, especially when you're playing basketball, you're doing a layup, somebody will just, you know, an arrow. Like you're happy you made a layup and then you go down like that and you die. You know, and I remember growing up really, really scared. You know, here in America, I've, I thought like America's going to be like a lot better. Because like, you know, the police are taller and bigger, you know. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's like they will protect me, you know. In the Philippines, we have a saying there. When you see a criminal and the police, run to the criminal. They will help you. <laughs> That's what they said before. But I still believe that in America, there are honorable policemen. No matter what the media says, you know, not everyone is the same. That's in my heart. And I say that. Fact. True. Amen. But here's the thing. You grew up in fear. A lot of us grew up in fear. But that's not the life that God wants for us. You need to start going to Jericho again. A life of faith where you know you're not blindly saying yes. But you're saying, I trust you. That what's in front of me is not scary because I know who's inside me. Amen. A lot of Christians are now scared, not, you know, a lot of Christians before were scared of the end of days. Right? The rapture. Nowadays, we're not scared of that anymore. Some of you even don't know what, what it's all about. 
We're not scared of the rapture anymore. We're not scared of the Armageddon or whatever, the, the last days, the end of days. All of us, pretty much most of us are scared of the end of the month. Isn't that true? Oh my gosh, it's 29 today. Tomorrow, auto payment. How much money will I have in my bank account? And then it rattles you and then you don't go to church. Isn't that true? This is real life, guys. I go through that too. You, you, we pay rent. You got two cars. The gas is going up. You're thinking 369, 389. <laughs> 20 liters is about, you know, you, you, you compute. Isn't this true? And then, you know, it's a bunch of no's to God. Without, without you knowing, you're already fearful. You're not on the side where God wants you to be. That's why when God tells you, do this, you're scared. But this season of transition, you need the double portion. You need to go to putting value back to the church and also going to that life of faith again. Can you say amen? amen. So fear and unbelief won't destroy the walls in front of you guys. Jericho, when he went around the walls of Jericho, fear would have not destroyed the walls. It was his faith. Imagine going around for six days without doing anything. And then on the seventh day, they made noise and the walls fall. That's a life of faith. Because when you say one big yes, the details don't necessarily matter anymore. You say, I'm too deep in this, let's do it. Let's do it because I want to see what really you want to show me here. Can you say amen? Faith, Corey Ten Boom said, is faith is like radar that sees through the fog, the reality of things at a distance that the human eye cannot see. Right? But here's the thing. Here's from me. Faith is better explained with your obedience than your words. I realize this. A lot of people will project their faith. They will say it enough so that you will believe them that they have faith. And I realize that in this life, faith is better explained with obedience. When I see you do it, then I see faith. Don't be selling me with your words. I know you're a car dealer or whatever. You're good with words, but faith is better explained with obedience. Amen. I want to tell you a story real quick before I finish. One of our pastor friends moved from Philippines to America. So they left whatever good ministry that they have there because God sent them here. And they moved here last December. And they got an interview from American Airlines in LAX. And he's like, you know, and he wants to plant a church here. He's, he's, the whole time he lived his life with the life of faith, he ministers to the, to the tribes up in the mountains. Very faithful man of God. And when he got here, he needed a job. And American Airlines was that available job for him. So here's the thing. He told us a story. We were laughing because in that interview, there's about 150, 200 people in his estimate. And he was just in one room. And there's the desk. And then the guy that's interviewing him, you know, he was talking to him. And he said that he was a pastor in the Philippines. He's a Christian. And you know what the guy said? Or the guy or the girl, whoever the interviewer was, the, the person said, can you sing a song? Can you sing a Christian song? In the middle of all those people. Imagine this, like me. Like the interviewer asked me to sing a song. If it was me, I would do it. I would do it. The, my church wouldn't let me sing, so I would do it. But that guy, that guy sings too. He sings well. But at that moment, he stood up and he sang, Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. 
Now I'm singing. He sang. And you know what happened? Let me tell you what happened. The interviewer gave him the job. That was the interview. Gave him the job and handed him an envelope that has money in it. Those things don't happen to people that don't live a life of faith. He went in there in front of about 200 people and sang. He didn't care. Listen, a lot of people will say, God, I want to die for you. Let me tell you this. If you cannot live for God, there is no dying for God. There is no dying. You, you, go, you go at the end game right away? There's infinity war first. Hello. Because a lot of people will say, God, I will lay my life for you. But you can't even make your bed. That's true. People will say, I want to change the world. Fix your bed. Do it 21 days, please. Because faith is better explained with obedience than your words. Isaiah 7, 9, it says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Can you say amen? I'm almost done. Number one is Bethel, the house of God. Number two, Jericho, a life of faith. Number three, I think which is really important, is the life of, uh, number three is Jordan River, which is the life of death and resurrection. The life of surrender. A lot of people enjoy Sunday. The resurrection. We want to see the power of God move. We want to see the, the glory of God. The blessings of God. But we still also need to enjoy Friday. Friday, Christ died for us. And on Sunday, He rose up. A lot of times we identify and we enjoy the Sunday part. But there was no Sunday if there was no Friday. There was no rising up. There was no resurrection if Friday did not happen. Jordan River speaks of baptism. Joshua had to cross. And this time, actually, Elijah and Elisha was facing the Jordan River. And Elijah said, we're going to go there. And Elisha followed. We need to go to that life of surrender. Where God, even if I suffer, I know I will also identify with your resurrection. See, a lot of people, they get scared with suffering. Suffering is actually, that's, that's the, the most beautiful part. Because that's where the anointing is being extracted. That's where the anointing is being extracted. Philippians 3.10, it says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. It's time that we have our own God stories. Stories of you struggled, but you rose up. You struggled, but you overcame. You need to be unstoppable for the kingdom. You need to have hashtag my God stories. Listen, if you want to inspire people, if you want to inspire people, you can tell somebody's story. But if you want to influence them, you need to tell yours. If you want to inspire people, you can tell somebody's story. Pastor Sergio did this. But if I want to influence people, I need to start telling mine. Because influence, they have, you got to have it. For people to believe you and follow you, 
you got to have it. Elijah knew that Elijah had it. That's why he followed him. The Bible says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Don't be scared, guys. The suffering is like your telenovela. Right? It's, it's your series. The lead actor goes through a struggle first. Infinity Wars, you got to lose some people. No spoilers. It's been two years, guys. And in the end game, there is restoration with a snap of a finger. Everything that the darkness has for you, God can snap his finger and eliminate all of those because you said it's on. You know what? I'm not satisfied with just the devil playing around like that. It's peaceful. Thanos is over there. He's done his part already. But let me tell you this. Let me take the war to him. Because the Bible says the church is unstoppable. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. The church is you. The, the gates of hell. And listen, that's not a defensive thing. It's an offensive thing. Because gates cannot move. The Bible says the gates of hell cannot stand against it. You're the one attacking the gates of hell. What are you doing? Letting the devil scare you. You go in your room. You, you switch off the light. Dim light. You play a song. Is it okay if I call you mine? <laughs> Two old friends. Isn't that true? You become emo sometimes. <laughs> but a person who goes to Jordan River lives a life of Death and resurrection. Can you say amen to that? Yes. I'm almost done. Listen, and here's, yes, I'm almost done. Promise. All right, I promise. It's 1130. Okay. I love my wife because she said this, you know, giving up and surrender may look the same. It looks the same, right? Giving up and surrender, they look the same. They sound the same. But it's different. Giving up is this. When you're struggling, giving up is that you see the problem and you don't want any part of that. Surrendering is this, I see the problem and I need to be partaker in the solution. Because I surrender to you. I'm not giving up. I'm surrendering to you. When a person learns how to do that, that's when problems are solved. I want to speak about your marriage right now. I want to speak about your teenager kids right now. Don't give up. Surrender to God. Don't surrender to them. Surrender to God. Listen, also a life of death and resurrection is also try, trusting in His timing. A lot of times we want the promise but not the process. T.D. Jake said this, right? But also it's important that as we believe in the promise, we need to start also believing in the time. The perfect timing of God. That's part of life of death and resurrection. We need to understand that there's a season of valleys but there's a season of elevation. Amen. And when you're elevated, you see things that you've never seen before. Your perspective changes from, from seeing what's in front of you, from seeing what's under you. Amen. It's important that we understand God's plan, but also His perfect timing if you want to live a life of death and resurrection. 
Because God's perfect timing is the difference between falling apart and falling into place. A lot of times, we are struggling. We don't like the struggle, so we force our hands. We force God's hands, and we call it fulfillment. Force God's hands by your own strength, and we call it fulfillment. How many of you know you are kidding yourself? My father-in-law said, if you want anointing, you have to pay the price. Salvation is free. Freely given. But if you want the anointing, you got to go to Bethel. You got to go to Jericho. You got to go to the Jordan. How many of you want double portion this morning? Amen. Amen. And I'm going to finish with this promise. About a week ago, my wife said this. And I totally agree. Before I say this, how many of you really want the anointing today? Because I feel like there are armor bearers that are being raised up in, this, in the midst right now. My wife said this. She posted it on Facebook. And it became a little bit viral, you know, at least with our sphere of influence. She said, when we were in Japan, and Pastor Sergio was with us too. When we were in Japan, you know, we were surrounded by a lot of leaders from different parts of the world, anointed people. And we went through a struggle there in Japan, really, really hard, one of the hardest times in our ministry life. And then my wife had this epiphany or realization. It's like, what, what do we ask the anointing for? I mean, for the worship team, we always ask that. I want the anointing for pastors, for leaders. We want the anointing. And she asked the Lord, like, you know, what do I need the anointing for? You know, because when you ask for the anointing, you better know. Or you better know what you're, why you're asking it for. You better have a pure heart. Here's what she said. Let's be careful what we pray for. Having the anointing is not for us. It is ultimately for God's purpose of accomplishing what He wants to do. To liberate people, to heal and restore people's lives. The greater the anointing, the more vulnerable and susceptible you are to attacks. You need the character to hold the anointing in its proper place for its purpose, which is to glorify God and God alone. If your intention is not that, don't ask for the anointing. Because anointing might be a blessing, but it can be your curse. That's why Elijah had to go with Elijah wherever he went. And you know what Elijah said before he was taken up? He said, if what you're asking is hard, but if you see me, it means Elijah had to be really paying attention. Elijah had to be really paying attention to what's going to happen. Because Elijah said, if you don't see that, you're not going to get it. Once you see me get taken up, you will receive it. You need to pay the price. You need to be paying attention. And my pastor said this, a lot of times we see people on the stage and we said, I want to be like that. I want to have double portion of that. He says that's why Elijah brought Elisha wherever he went so that he can see his life, his struggles. Metaphorically speaking, that's what it is. You got to see people struggle, right? You see people struggles and you, you yourself will struggle. You got to identify with those and rise up. And when Elijah was taken up, the, the mantle fell and he picked it up. You know what he did? He went to the Jordan River and he did it on his own. Some of you, it's your turn. 
Elijah brought Elijah in the Jordan, but Eli he was operating under Elijah's anointing. When he opened up the water, it was Elijah's anointing. But this time, when he picked it up, he went straight to Jordan River and he says, I got the double portion. No. A double portion of the anointing. Some of you, and I want to speak this to you guys this morning, it's your turn. It's your turn. Tell your neighbor, it's our turn. All right, three things before I finish. I really want you guys to get this. Number one is to go to the house of God again. Number two, a life of faith. And number three, a life of death and resurrection or a life of surrender. Can you say amen this morning? Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the Word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get Word every week from Elevate Life Church.